Thanks. Hang on one second, guys. And go. <laughs> Did I finally say something that was opinionated and not offend someone in the room because no one had done that yet? You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. All right, we're trying something new tonight. I'm not muting the Zoom people during the intro, so there's no telling what you may hear. Uh, are we good, folks? You guys, uh, you guys listening? Okay, okay. I got thumbs up. <laughs> there's the people are people are scared to, to mention because I told them to hush because I was getting ready to start. So anyway, I uh, just want to thank you guys for uh, the Zoom people. I assume you guys have been doing this too. Uh, thank you guys for for uh, reaching out to people and telling them about the Jeep Talk Show. We had uh, I think it was eighteen hundred downloads in a single day on Monday. Uh, it, it, people may have just been nervous because we were didn't have any shows on Christmas week, and they're like, oh my god, it's back! Thank God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think it has a lot to do with you guys helping out to get the word out about the Jeep Talk Show, and please continue to do that. I think 2022 is our year. I know Josh, uh, Wendy, and Tammy and I have have discussed for the last three years, this is the Jeep Talk Show year. So maybe it'll be true this year (laughs) where we really get out and reach a lot of people. So, you know, if you're a regular listener to the Jeep Talk Show, you already know about our Camp Fireside Chat segment we've done for the last several years. We always enjoy interacting with our listeners, so we came up with a way to have you join in, and we call it the JTS Roundtable. Everyone is invited uh-huh. for everyone is invited for our roundtable to join in. Just connect using Zoom. You can get the link each week by subscribing to our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and sign up. And there's no bitching about not getting the newsletter in time. You you uh, you know keep it to yourself. Uh, we had a big discussion before the show. Uh, now we join. Now we join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress. Please keep in mind that you're about to hear what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. Uh, the opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. So I think the big news is uh, it's not really Jeep news, but it's a, a Jeep accessory that I think everybody should have, and that's a GMRS radio. And the big news is is that Midland. USA, MidlandUSA.com, is actually releasing a their very first 50-watt GMRS radio. And the crowd goes mild. So they are releasing the MXT500, uh, like I said, the first 50-watt GMRS radio from Midland. We spoke to Zach of Midland, USA, and uh, here's a bit of that interview that we will have in its entirety on Friday's episode Five five zero. Well, hey Tony, I, I appreciate you having me back on. Yeah, we're we're really excited for the MXD five hundred launch. Um, they'll be launching next week. This is a very cool product. Not only is it a fifty watt radio, it's also IP sixty six water and dust proof. So it's really rugged, you know, tough radio, and it's got a lot of cool features. So I, I consider this to be the perfect bridge between you know our, our user friendly Midland style. And one of the, you know, more experienced type radio user radios, right? Mm-hmm. So this bridges the gap. It gives you all the features, but it's still, you know, super easy to use. 
It's got, you know, intercom port, uh, repeater capable, split tone uh, capable, narrow wide band. So it, it's pretty much not uh, everything that we, we think the majority of radio users will ask for. Yeah, and uh, I've had one of these for quite a while. I've been using it here at the house, and it's a good little radio. Uh, I'm not running it at 50 watts, but I really don't have it on an external antenna. I'm just using the little mag mount that that came with it. And and that's one of the cool things that I thought it had was – I don't know if you guys are familiar with NMO mounts. It's I know I'm being popular in business radio and in ham radio, and uh, that's that's the type mount I've always used for my mobile uh, radios, uh, UHF, VHF uh, uh, antennas. And this um, this comes with a mag mount for uh, MNO antennas and a very small quarter wave antenna that screws into it. But this mag mount is so big and so nice, you could get a much uh, a more expensive antenna and screw right into this base. So this is kind of a an added bonus that whenever you buy this radio, the MXT500 from Midland, you you get a little. I think you get a little more than what you would normally get with other radios. So um, I think it might be worth the price of this, and especially for the 50, having the fifty watts. What do you guys think? I know you're you're pissed off because some of you bought radios <laughs> before this came out. It's gonna be nice. Uh, it's yeah, you know, it's just another toy, really. Like, why not? <laughs> well, that IP66 rating means that if you have it in your Jeep and you have the top off, uh, you're you're going to have less problems with dust from the trail, and more importantly, less problems with rain when you happen to get caught out in it. Well, I think one of the questions I had was, what's the size difference? Because one of the concerns I had about it is, so I've been looking at the 275, I think it is, or 15 water, uh-huh. as the... Um, I think it's the one you asked, Steve. Yeah. Um, the reason why I've been looking at that is because, as we all know, like real estate inside the Jeep is very limited. And the one issue I have with the MXT 400 I was looking at, because I prefer not to be using the controls on the handheld. I'd much rather have them on the radio itself. Um, it's just so big. And so it's interesting. What's the footprint of the 500 compared to the 400? I mean, did they, they stay the same size? Did it go bigger? With needing, I don't know if they needed more heat sinks with that extra ten watts or whatever. Um, but but what is a what is it generally? Does it look like something that's about the same footprint as the four hundred? I do not have a four hundred, uh, so I would literally have to look at the measurements between the two. Uh, I don't think the radio is very big at all. And in fact, if I was going to install this in my Jeep, I would look at installing something uh, that connected to the roll bars, the front the front roll bar and the mid roll bar. And mounting it above my head, uh, and let the microphone hang down. That way, you can just pull it down. And also, too, it's it's not a big point, but the 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 five hundred, the MX uh, XT five hundred, does have mic controls for changing the channel. So you don't actually have to touch the radio if all you're doing is if you got the volume set and the squelch set, and you just need to change channels, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, my uh, my overhead is a switch panel for lockers and lights, stuff like that. So. Um, I was looking at mounting it on the passenger side of the console. Yep. Down below. Yeah. That's uh, where I really wanted to mount it. That's where I have the uh, MXT 275s uh, mounted and all the uh, the TJs that we have here. But I will be uh, swapping out um, the, uh, the the 275 for a 575, which I haven't spoke about yet, uh, on uh, my wife's uh, TJs just so she'll have uh, 50 watts available to her. 
I also do have the MXT uh, two seventy five as a, a unit that I can uh, that that, that uh, Midland sent me. So um, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting that one in there because you know fifteen watts uh, com- as a composed uh, composed as compared to fifty watts, fifty watts better. See five seventy five is that is that going to be like an upgraded two seventy five? So about the same footprint. Uh, it is not the same footprint because it is, I think, thicker. It's a little thicker, yeah. Yeah, uh, because of the heat sink going from 15 to 50 watts. It obviously needs more of a heat sink. So, and they are quite a bit heavier uh, than uh, than the, the 275. But, uh, yeah, the 575 is the 50-watt version. And there's more changes than just 50 watts between the 275 and, and uh, 575. But the mic, to me, looks exactly the same. I'll know more about it whenever I install it in my wife's Jeep. Cool. So as I uh, as I was telling uh, you guys uh, before we started, uh, you need to listen to uh, episode 550 uh, this coming Friday because we will be talking about a possible giveaway of the MXT 500 and a possible discount code, which is which is huge because Midland has no reason to, to discount. <laughs> This radio because they they believe it's about to even be a, a sellout item very quickly. So if you're at all interested in getting the first 50 watt GMRS radio uh, from Midland, you need to prepare yourself to be <laughs> get in there. I think it's uh, January the 11th uh, is the the official date of release. Let me just pull the calendar up here real quick. Uh, maybe the 10th, but anyway, it's next week. So. Uh, get ready. Uh, make sure you listen to the show Friday, and uh, one lucky person may uh, may actually get one uh, for free uh, from the Jeep Talk Show. Nice. Just just out of curiosity, the two seventy five versus a five hundred. How much difference would you if we were all out of hidden falls? Would you be able to tell the difference in those two radios in an area like that? Are you talking about? needing a lot more space between you to be, to really be able to tell the difference. A lot more space. Uh, on the trail, 15 watts is going to do you just fine. In fact, a watt and a half probably will be fine, too. The little handy talkies. You know, if you're in a Jeep, uh, like in a, a convoy type thing. Um, mm-hmm. So the 50 watts really is, is, is reaching out there 15, 20 miles or further if you're talking through a repeater. Uh, but okay. uh, So it would be more... On the road, or maybe uh, somebody that's overlanding uh, back in the uh, the, the back wilderness. Uh, so I think I think GMRS radios are, are very important for emergency operations. And how better to be be prepared in an emergency by having 50 watts available to you that's going to get your signal out just that much further when you need that assistance. And I always hear you talk about the repeaters. So on an average person, how how would you go about hooking up? going through the repeater to some you know use a repeater for what it's supposed to be used for how would you one know where it's at and or connecting to it internet well, your, internet your friend google go ahead steve mygmrs.com yeah there you go so you just go look up in the area that you're going to be in and then you would need to program and this is the difficult part you would need to program the channel that the repeater is on with the appropriate tones because I think, and, and and I don't have a lot of uh, uh, GMRS repeater experience, but I suspect that they went the same way ham radio repeaters went, and they all have tones that you must transmit. They're subaudible tones, so you can't really hear them, uh, but the repeater hears them when you transmit, and it goes, oh, "Okay, this guy's talking to us, so we're going to repeat his signal out 
as he talks or as she talks. So not, the middle ends of it will actually say 16 RP for repeater, 17 RP for repeater. So you actually go to that channel, then you just program the privacy tones. It's it's if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, no, it's it is it's really <laughs> simple. And also too, they do have software that allows you to plug a, just a standard uh, USB cable to a USB C from your laptop or desktop, and you re- load the software up. You read all the settings for the 30 channels that are in the the MXT 500. And then you can change power, you can change what tones you're using, and there's actually several uh, repeater slots, or I'm sorry, not repeater slots, there's actually several channel slots, which would be the equivalent of where FRS would be, but the, ra- the radio is not rated for FRS, so they just have blank channels. And then you can go in there and put in uh, repeaters uh, on those additional channels, like if you, maybe, maybe you work more than one repeater on channel 15, and it needs a different uh, subaudible tone. You can actually go in there in those blank spots and put in the, the the other repeater and then know that, okay, if when I'm talking to this repeater, I need to be on this channel. When I'm talking to this other repeater, I'm on this channel. They're both channel 15, but they're they're sending out different tones, if that makes sense. I don't think there's a great wealth of uh, GMIS repeaters out there. I know in the Houston area, uh, there is not a whole bunch, which is really kind of surprising. Um, and uh, Oh, and, mo- and most importantly, you, you guys need to keep in mind that you need a license to be using uh, GMRS, especially if you're going to be using a repeater because there are going to be people uh, listening to that repeater and they're going to expect to hear a call sign. And they're also going to want from you to get permission to use it. Yep, several of them are. Uh, some, some are open. I think most are private and they require permission to use. And it's simple, just an email to them saying, hey, this is my call sign. Can I get on this? Sure, here's the, here's the tone. Just don't share it. So it is really, really cool, and I can't tell you how lucky you guys are because to do these things in ham radio, you have to take a test, and generally you have to spend more money uh, for ham radios. So I was very impressed with the GMRS. You can uh, buy a radio for about what you would pay for a mobile uh, dual-band uh, radio for a ham, and but you get... Uh, Anybody can put up a GMRS repeater. I haven't found anything saying that you can't just put one up at your house. Uh, and, uh, you know, or in uh, Chuck's case, uh, out in uh, his ranch out in uh, Kansas, uh, he could set up uh, his own repeater and talk all over his 1,600 acres. So uh, I think that uh, it, it's a lot of freedom in the GMRS world that uh, ham radio operators uh, kind of have to. Uh, uh, work or work a little harder for. All right, I reached out today and asked uh, the the folks in our Discord server. If you don't know about our Discord server, uh, you can. Uh, it's just a like a twenty four hour uh, group texting chat thing, and it's been uh, really heavily adopted a lot by our, our Zoom people and uh, a few others. And uh, it's busy most of the day, and um, uh, it's just a lot of fun getting on there and chatting with uh, like minded people about uh, Jeeps. Uh, we even have a food channel now, so it's called Chuck Wagon. So <laughs> you can go over there and 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 uh, share your favorite recipes. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, not only in the house but off road as well. But anyway, if you'd like to join our Discord channel, it's uh, it's free and it's easy to join. Uh, like I said, it's free. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Scroll down a bit and you will see the Discord invite. You click on that URL and it will take you right over there and uh, say Jeep Talk Show and uh, 
bing bada boom, you're uh, on the Discord uh, server wondering how the hell do I get off of this thing because it just drives me crazy. I'm always busy on here reading stuff, laughing, and uh, making comments. Now, that's just me. All right, well, let's get to some of these uh, these uh, uh, subjects, questions that uh, uh, the Discord uh, server uh, people uh, gave me today. So um, here we go. Uh, how do you guys feel? And do me a favor. I know I always say this, and then we kind of forget about it. Uh, before you answer, or yeah, before you you know do the answer, make sure that you say your name and where you're located. Got to remember that we have new people here that uh, don't know these voices. So how do you feel about brand rivalries? Do you care if a Bronco forerunner uh, is out there with you? Do you try and one-up the lesser brands? No. So this, is, this is Larry out of St. Louis, Missouri. Not really. I know in our area, when you go out, there's almost always uh, a Toyota or hey, Dodge Rams out there with us. There's even a guy in a, in a Suburban who's got it. He's putting straight axles under it that does wheel, goes wheeling. So more the merrier. You never know what you're going to look, what you're going to see, and uh, what what you're going to learn <laughs> when right. you see non jeeps out there. Uh, this is uh, John out of uh, Central Texas, but <clears throat> I think I think there is somewhat though. I mean, I can tell you when the, we were out at Hidden Falls for the Texas event. And Jimmy was coming up, what was that North Pole, the big climb there, uh, up towards the peak. Um, there was a bunch, bunch of forerunners that kind of pulled up and kind of were, were watching. And there was, you know, there's a little bit of, let's see if that forerunner can go up that kind of thing. I mean, I think that <laughs> you, you, you are going to kind of have that little ride. But I'm like Larry, though. I mean, I don't begrudge anybody being out there wheeling. I think it's great getting people out and, and using them. But I, I, don't, I think it would be naive to say we don't have a, we don't have some small rivalries with, with the lesser brands, as we like to say, <laughs> like the Broncos and the Forerunners and all of that. So, I mean, they're all they're all wheelers, so it's all great. But I do think there's there's, there's rivalries when you're, when you're out there, especially in a park situation. Yeah, yeah this, this is Jimmy. I'm east of Dallas, and uh, I I think the rivalry tends to be with the other brands more than with the Jeeps, um, unless you're just not comfortable with being a Jeep person. Um, like I, I've been at Hidden Falls and other parks where you go to offer help to a Toyota or whatever, and they get almost offended, especially when <laughs> you're like, are you okay? Let me give you a, a yank out. I can come around and get past you and pull you out. They don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they think they're going to show up on a meme, Jimmy. That's what it is. <laughs> they exist for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's your ulterior motive here? You trying to impress my girlfriend? <laughs> uh, I'm Chris out of Tulsa, and I drive a WJ. So having the Wrangler crowd follow me <laughs> whenever I go do stuff uh, is kind of it. It makes me feel like at least it's not better, but it's worth taking out. And uh, so I don't have any problems leading guys that have Wranglers or Toyotas or Nissans or, you know, Chevy full-size trucks or Dodge full-size trucks. Where I go, if I can't fit, then I just try not to go. But I know some people can't fit where I go, and, but I know mostly Wranglers can because they're about the same size. So That's what she said. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, contraire. I cannot necessarily fit everywhere you fit there, Chris. I said some. I said some. <laughs> you have one tons. You're different. <laughs> you know, Steve from outside of Chicago here. The minute you try to show up another off another brand, you're going to do something stupid. <laughs> and then you're going to be the one looking like the idiot on the meme. Yeah, that's the worst case. <laughs> You just do, do your own thing. Do what you know how to do and let them worry about themselves. They need help. Great. If not, you don't want to be the one that's begging for help. Kind of like that Jeep that got stuck up on the ridge in California on the uh, on that bike trail. And then oh, Ford yeah. came and said, oh, we'll come rescue you. <laughs> right? But I, but I think Jimmy brought up a good point. You you don't want to not offer help to people. I mean, we are oh, all yeah. off-roaders. And we don't want to leave anybody stranded that doesn't request to be stranded. <laughs> right. Well, and, and there's a there's a line there. I, mean, like, I, I know I've had I've had uh, conversations or actually strongly worded group conversations on Facebook groups where like there was a guy that was like, I never carry a, a, a spare tire. That's for everyone else to do for me. Oh my goodness. Oh. Hell. And I was like, well. It, I carry an eight lug, so you're not, one not going to be able to use it. And if someone else specifically doesn't carry it, and just like, hey, can I use your tie, your your spare? I don't ever carry one. You know, at the, what point are you like, well, why should I lend it to you because you intentionally came unprepared? Yeah, because then you're in the situation of where you might need it. So I, I'm sorry, right. I'll need a deposit. Yeah. The word, well, you know, and it's it's one thing if if you bring a spare and you leave it on your trailer, right? There's yeah. people that do that. Like if, like if I, you know, if I didn't do the the tire swap, I was considering, you know, the tire carrier swap. I was considering leaving my spare on the trailer because I'm also going to park. So if I were to get a tear that I couldn't plug with my plug kit, you'd be like, "Hey, can you take give me a ride back to go pick up my spare?" Because you know I'm in a park. If I were to do the Rubicon, I'd tear, absolutely. And this is overlanding essentially, you know, over uh, treacherous terrain. I'm not going to do it without without a spare at all. Right. So, no, I think, like I think it's discovery there on a, I say it could be like the discovery there on a TFL off road where they use both tires and both slice them on that rock. Well, I think it's per- perfectly reasonable to leave it on the uh, on your trailer. It's not like you're asking somebody to take you discount tire uh, or home to get it. Uh, if it's just hey, run run me up to the where the the parking area is and we'll grab this and. We'll swap it out and then, uh, we'll, you know, back to fun. I mean, that's I think that's reasonable, and I, I couldn't imagine anybody uh, saying anything bad about that. Now, don't get me wrong. People would. Some people would, but I think that's reasonable. Right. But to not run one and expect that every, there's always someone that's going to loan you one. And, and whenever you go out because you've got a jacket, there's always someone with, a you know, a five-on-five on, five on five right. or five-on-five-and-a-half. You're saying five-on-five. You've got – TJs who run four and a half, mm-hmm. and then you got mm-hmm. XJs that run four and a half. Right. So if you're out with a bunch of those and you're a JK, uh, you hope to God that a WJ is with you because they're the only five and a half. Who's going to plug in for the WJ? So what you're saying is bring some wheel uh, spacers as well so you can adapt it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you, where do you put your spare, Chris? Do you even have one? No, not usually, but it goes on the roof if I go out too far. <laughs> the AWAC version, yeah. Tom out in Arizona. What happens if you flip? Then it's going to... It protects it's gonna, the top. You know, 
be padding for the top. <laughs> well, he'll, he'll, he'll at least have one tire in the ground. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think Tom so in Arizona was tr- was trying to jump in. Yeah, I was trying to. Um, out here, we don't have parks, so carrying a spare is kind of a kind of a good thing. I mean, not to get away from the other question. Um, I have loaned mine out to a friend that had the same bolt pattern because he was in a rush, left and forgot that he didn't have a spare in his buggy. So I did loan it to him for the rest of the trail. Um, back before I switched over to the axles I currently have, the ZJ had the five on four and a half, but I also carried a five on five, five on four and a half wheel spacer. Not necessarily for myself, but it's just we, we travel in groups that sometimes things happen. Mm-hmm. We've had discount cross thread threads on a spare tire mount. We couldn't get it off in 110 degree weather, so we had to swap some tires around to get people off the trail. All right, <clears throat> but, but back to the. But Tom, that's that's totally different. Ahead. I'm not talking about like helping out your buddy who you go oh, out no. with regularly, right? You know, and and right. Oh, you just tell the, you totally tell those people thing. no. <laughs> right? No, I totally get that. I totally get that, Jimmy. Um, just you know, just different things we carry, but we've got on the on the trails. The only thing we don't like on the trail is gladiators in Arizona. We kick them off. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Uh, he's he's making uh, reference. No, that wasn't us. Honestly, that wasn't us. He's making uh, reference you, well, to follow- a, a listener that wrote in saying that Wrangler o- uh, owners uh, forced him off the trail because they didn't think gladiators should be out there. And uh, it was I mean, a, they're a, right. Alleged. I, I mean, I can't oh. make them leave. It was allegedly happened from a, a group of Wranglers in Arizona. So there you go. Now you're up to date. Speaking of up to date, yeah, let's, occasionally, uh, yeah, let's get away from we have, uh, let's get away from that one and move on people. to our next uh, our next subject. Do you have any outside of JTS technical resources you like to go to? For example, YouTube channels, forums, clubs, and I'll add that even other uh, podcasts that you listen <laughs> to. You feel free to name those. So, uh, any other outside technical resources you like to go to, Larry. Larry. Oh, yeah. Larry, Larry of course. Larry is me. Larry. Jeeping Mo. <laughs> yep, Jeeping Mo. There you go. You guys, you guys are desperate, but thank you. I'll throw one out there. Uh, JK Gear and Gadgets is normally one that I really like. He's uh, he's really good about not just in kind of the mods he's doing, because it's all DIY. I mean, it's like Super Duty axles out of a junkyard. It's you know, swapping a Hemi that was pulled out of a, another truck or whatever, but it's it's done in his garage. It's not done on a lift with, you know, all kinds of very expensive stuff. I mean, it's I mean, he, he's good camera work. Really like the way he kind of explains things as well. So that, that's probably one of the, the my go-tos for a lot of that. Stuff. Is that the husband-wife team that moved to yes. Texas about a year ago? Now they're in Oklahoma. So yeah, they're they're in Oklahoma. Right down doing? the street from me. Yep, and, and, in, uh, and this is the same one that had the Jeep Talk Show sticker on the toolbox? Yep. It is. Yeah, so maybe, maybe I, I love those it. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure they're seeing Now he's full-time, right? Yeah, he, he retired from the, the yeah. Coast Guard. Well, he didn't, re- he he didn't retire. Full-time. He didn't retire, but he did separate. Oh, there was an incident. Okay. 10, 12 years or whatever, I think it was. But he uh, he didn't re-enlist. I'll put that but he, uh, no, he's he's a really good channel. Uh, you know, there's a couple of them I used to like. Um that have kind of gone off the deep end. Don't I'm, you say I'm Jeep Talk Show. <laughs> I was going to say stuff like Light Bright. I can't really watch them that much anymore. It's not really. Oh, my yeah, God. They just beat the hell out of things, don't they? Yeah, they're uh, they're, they're more about, we we'll call them sponsor horse or whatever. It makes uh, me feel bad for the Jeep. <laughs> I see those things. 
Hey, good one, though, that we, every now and then is, uh, we've brought him up on on this uh, podcast before, is, uh, I, I don't want to say his name, but Hasnazi? Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh, yeah. Hosh, you, Hosh every now and then I'll go up. Yeah, I'm, I'm always terrified to say that one out loud. Yeah. <laughs> but, I like uh, Matt Rothbard. good. Yeah, there's, I mean, the only thing that's really gone to crap for the most part is forums. Oh, yeah. There are so many trolls on the forums that all you ever do is fight with someone who's telling you to, to, to go and look it up. The only forums I ever use anymore are for my full size sheet because the guys on there don't tolerate that stuff. And the moderators just kick those people straight out. They don't, but on, you know, you can't go to a JK forum or a Jeep forum essentially anymore um, like you used to. Years ago, that was a great place to go. You have good conversations with people and people share articles and builds and all that stuff. And now it's just guys, you know, posing and, you know, and, and being just like dirtbags. Well, I'll just say that you can't do what you could do on forums, which was search the database for something that somebody posted. You can't do that in social media. Social media is, you know, for the, the MTV generation, which they're all old now anyway, but yeah, I want it right now. I don't want to remember anything is give me something new. Keep it moving. And, and that's what we what we use nowadays. And real quick, I just want to mention uh, the, the Josh Hots, not Hosh Nazi, uh, ham radio uh, uh, online. Oh, my God. I can't believe I've forgotten it. Ham radio uh, crash, crash course. course isn't it? Yeah, ham radio crash course. So it's a lot about radio stuff. And uh, Josh, good guy. He's been on this show several times. Well, you, you talk about technical stuff. One of the biggest things for me now is when I'm looking at buying stuff, is I look if they have the install videos like Northridge or Quadratech. They post the install yep. videos, and that makes a big decision for me. I got the LOD um, rock sliders, which are a little more money than some of the other ones. But it, what helped me was seeing how they went on. Because I don't want to be sitting there trying to think about how they go on. I want to see exactly what I'm doing, what Absolutely. I'm getting into, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like the, the metal cloak bumper itself, like that. What I like that they do, it's, it's actually kind of cool. If you go to their site and you go to their instructions page, they actually link to customer install videos that they yeah. found that were really good. And I was looking at one today because I'm looking at getting that uh, undercloak set up, the skid plates. And they actually linked to a customer who bought them and then did the full install and, and videoed it. So they don't even have to make them themselves. But, um, you know, they're, the manufacturer's websites for those videos, that's that's a good place to go. Also, like to say, sorry, go on. I said, place i like to go like matt's offered recovery you know for recovery options and he's that uh harbor freight badlands wench and if he's using that for a business how bad can it be uh, but yeah, i've heard man, i've heard I've, I've heard sorry to interrupt i've heard you can't use them for insurance work anymore <laughs> yes yeah, so i was about to say did he fight his insurance claim <laughs> i mean if you're doing it if you're doing it yourself that's fine but you can't turn that in on your insurance anymore cash only yeah a technical, a technical one. If you're looking for winching and stuff, that was really good. Was a KC250, I think it is. Um, he's a uh, part of this. I think it's like a Colorado backwoods uh, recovery team, whatever it is. But he does like really great videos where he'll put his Jeep up and then set it up with trees, show you how to use snatch blocks, show you how to understand what your pulling weight is, kind of angles, how how you need to pull if they're leaning this way in the off camber situation, and he breaks down. Like he'll take a snatch block or he'll take a, a doubler or whatever it is. 
and he'll show you all the ins and outs about how to use that on those videos. So that that, that sounds like really something good. I've heard or I'm sorry, seen on Bleeping Jeep. Uh, do you guys not uh, go to Bleeping Jeep uh, for, for oh, things now? Yes, love Bleeping Jeep. Can't, I can't. Every once in a while, I don't I, really. He like does him. a good job, but I can't enjoy his videos. There's just something about the guy that, like, <laughs> he's I'm funny. good at going to sleep while watching him, while he's, at the same time simultaneously being annoyed by his voice. He's, he's very, he's voice. very dry, and it, he's very monotone. And some of the stuff that he does with that dry, monotone voice is just hilarious. He's well, doing he it on purpose. With busted knuckle, and those two start going like with, uh, <laughs> they did that cheap XJ versus was it CJ or whatever challenge they did. Out of Moab, uh, yeah, that was a great series, right? That was a good series. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I like that so, one. Someone who does some really good fab work on, on YouTube is uh, uh, Dirt Lifestyle, Nate. Yep. Yeah, oh, yes. Yes. yes I absolutely. To, I really. I, about to say, I have learned a lot, of, a lot from him. Yeah, he kind of started on a bleeping Jeep site, and then mm -hmm. after about a year there, he uh, he peeled off on his own, and he's blown up. He's he knocks out of the park, and he does a phenomenal job. I mean, it's. He does great video work, and uh, absolutely with uh, so good B-roll from the drone as well. So, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, he does a very good job. Uh, from, from, they, from a full-time plumber, his, he was a full-time yeah, plumber. Yeah, they learned that. his craft very well. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and he uses a chalkboard to explain things to you, which I really appreciate. Oh yeah, he does. I was going to say Nate for sure, and then for like this overlanding stuff, camping. I go to uh, Ozark Overland. Oh. Yeah, Matt's go. really good also. He's good for Gaia. He knows how to – he teaches classes. And then he also does, like, comparisons with uh, the lithium-ion boxes and uh, or the, like, power supplies and things like that. So it kind of gave me an idea and some fridges. So he does them the cheap way, and then he does – show you the expensive one hmm. and to show you that the cheap one will last almost as long as the, the expensive one kind of gives you an idea how much you really want to spend. So that means he has to buy the expensive one, but the, the cheap ones, he gets given them to him. So, so I thought you were going to say Dan Greck, the road chose me. He's, he's got a I, very good video series going. Yeah, I was, I was going to, I was, I agree to I was going to suggest that he's done a great job with the, uh, the gladiator, although it's right hand drive and he's pointed out some differences in the right hand drive, mm -hmm. surprisingly than the, the one we have here, obviously left hand drive. And, um, he's done some, he's got done some great videos on his JK, which obviously I have. And I know a few, few of us have, and his website is a little dated, obviously, cause it's from his Africa trip, but he's got a great links to all the products that he bought. So a lot of Amazon links. I get it. I, I do the same thing, mm -hmm. but, uh, he's got good videos or just maybe some still shots and just great explanation of why he chose something why he fabricated it why he spent the 300 dollars when a lot of people would spend 100 in parts and i appreciate that because he's really he's the ultimate overlander oh absolutely that i mean he circumnavigated and, uh africa in his uh his jk a uh, three-year trip i believe and, he, and okay. he's got and he's got several books that he's written yep. with absolutely stunning photographs from africa and I've read both of those books. They're very, very good reads. And and read through the books I like to read, but you get little pieces and it'll mention something. And and like oh, like, like uh, the breather uh, breather hose extensions. He did them on the the Gladiator, and he got the same hose he used for the JK, which was a little too tight, a little small. But he explained what he did on the JK. And went back to his videos. Like that's great. I was about to buy the uh, the Red Rock off road kit, which is 
just extensions. You put T's in it. Like, why do this? Why add extra points where it can leak when it's, I mean, he's got great views. He did the whole thing with the OE tube. He just bought 25 feet of it. You do the whole Jeep and in an hour. So it's really that was a really good segment he did on that. Very simple. Oh, and I'll just mention real quick so if you're thing. if I you're interested in about these, if you're interested like, in listening to the Dan Greck uh, interview, episode four twenty six was the last time that he was on here, and and he'll be on again, I'm sure. Go ahead, Jimmy. Nice. Well, the thing that I find interesting is is I've heard a lot of people talking about breather tubes and kits like that, and you know, ever I that's one thing that's always that kind of flunks me lately is is you see people like spend a lot of time on them. All you do is loop them around and bring them back down, and now they're a snorkel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because you're not gonna you're not gonna leak too much air through them. I I, I don't know. Maybe there's something different I'm missing about them nowadays. Well, the the concern it's got the check valve, the the little white check valve. Theoretically, it shouldn't <laughs> ingest any water. Theoretically, but right. why not just get them up as high as you can? Right. I know that some people plumb them into the snorkel on the JK. They'll plumb in, plumb them into the bottom of the, the air box and snorkel. And I think on AAV's website, they say, don't do that. But a lot of people do. And Dan put his on the Gladiator and the JK right up next to where the snorkel is, still under the hood, as high as it can be. If you've got water at that height, then you've right, got but, bigger problems. But you've got if you were problems. to take it and you make it a U and bring it back down, you've got a natural check valve that never never wears out unless your hose wears through. Good, good point. Good point. It's just, uh, and I agree. And, and some people believe that the check valve, you can replace, you know, plug the check valves in there a couple bucks a piece. And it's just a, just a peace of well, mind. I mean, it's, to each, to each their own. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you want to, you want to make a whole deal out of it. It's just like people that, you know, and I'm sure there's some, probably someone here. Cause every time I say something, I offend someone, uh, you people that plumb their entire Jeep with their onboard air. I mean, like, okay, it's, it's really cool and all, but like, you're just adding points of failure, but thanks. hang on one second, guys. And go. <laughs> Did I finally say something that was opinionated and not offend someone in the room because no one had done that yet? <laughs> I, I, I'm not offended at all. <laughs> uh, okay. Usually it's John I offend. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys know each other too much. You guys are chasing. Well, John's chasing you now modifying his Jeep. So I'm just waiting he for went with power tank. So I'm mean. about to say, I'm waiting for you to say something about power tank I just bought. So. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to plumb that into into your into everywhere? Your so you can just I, I, I hadn't originally planned to, but I am now. So every you need to the hose that you use. Make sure you do a little a little ninety degree turn with it, or one eighty degree turn well, with it. Make sure you plug it into your airbags while you're at it. <laughs> Larry, Larry, what was the company we saw the Jeep we were at that Jeep Fest, Toledo Jeep Fest this summer that had the speaking of onboard air. Had it plumbed into the tires and had spinners. Like oh, it was like a, a wow. central tire like inflation a, system. Like a Humvee system. Yes. Well, I, I think it was a Humvee system. That, um, yeah, I know what it, you're talking it, about. It, I, I don't remember the name. I remember we remember talking to the guy, and he's like, yeah, I don't know how well it works, and it's a prototype. But uh, well, was it, I, We were talking Spicer. Yes, it was a Spicer Jeep. Yes, wow. it was blue. Yeah. It was white and blue. It was a Spicer Jeep that had the CTIS, which I do know on the Humvees. The military never incorporated it, but the H1, uh, talking to the Humvee guys, it never really worked. And actually, more often than not, it would actually let air out of the tires when you didn't want it to. Yeah, I mean, if you if you damage the tire, I think that uh, you'd have to make sure you manage the the system. <clears throat> Otherwise, all the, the other three tires are going to fill, try to fill up the tire that can't hold air. So, I right. like the idea. Uh, it, it's a really cool idea, especially in a military setting where you can keep going. But uh, frankly, I think that uh, those uh, those tires that are airless, 
<laughs> Andrew, I think you were talking today about using those tires uh, to run from the lease because they can't spike strip you. That's where you went. That that's that's where you uh, that's where you visualized. I don't know, Andrew. I like well, to run from so. the cops. Well, let's run just flash, say you a Jeep and you're on a long-term <laughs> test drive, and they catch up with you. <laughs> that would be ideal. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. Like yeah, exactly. He's got run flats at this point. <laughs> yeah, run flats. That's the what I was trying to say. Run flats. Yeah. So it, I go tracks. We had, by the way, guys, we had a recent complaint from people, uh, or not people, for, from one listener about the yeah. roundtable because they said we talk about things on the Jeep Talk Show event and and stuff that they have no idea what we're talking about, and the, and if they don't listen to the show, they don't get the Grand Cherokee reference either. So that sounds like a them problem, to be honest. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is an incentive for them to listen to back episodes and get involved on on the Discord and everything. If you're not doing the whole package, you don't get to understand everything. Jimmy, you have renewed yourself. Everybody applaud Jimmy because he's he's on the he's on the right page. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And they get to understand the reference about Chuck and Toyos as well. All right, let's jump to our let's jump to our next subject here, real quick, and uh, then we'll turn it over to you guys. Uh, so, uh, when you wheel in a group, how do you organize the group? Do you put newbies in the middle, or actually, where does Guy and his YJ where, where would be the best place for him to go? Uh, you, you, you talk to John Lee and nominate him against his will <laughs> to guide the group <laughs> and make it his responsibility. I like exactly. that. exactly make it his problem. So we're, 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 there and we're about how slow everybody is. So you're a newbie. Just, you're over it. You're a newbie, and at the drivers' meeting, I think that you need to make sure people understand uh, that that you are a newbie. Where would you put the newbie? Would you put them in the middle? I don't think you'd want them uh, at the at the back. Would you? I mean, always at the middle. Always in the okay. middle. Yeah. Always, always in the middle. 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 Definitely middle. I try. Because you've got someone sure. behind them that's capable and knows what they're talking about. You've got someone in the front. And then if, if you're a bigger group, like when we went to Hidden Falls, we put Lacey right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you had John who knew the park in front. You had Lacey in the middle. You had me at the end. You had Josh with you somewhere in the middle, too. So you had people just, uh, capable of people dispersed throughout the whole group. If you're just two, three guys, you always send the most capable Jeep first. You put the least capable Jeep in the middle, and you put the, the, the one that's maybe a little less. Like when I go out with um, Lacey... Usually, I will lead, Lacey will tail gun, and if we've got one or two people with us, they'll go in the middle. I think that's, that goes beyond newbie, right? I think that's, that's like you just said, capability as well. So, if you've, right. got, if you've got five rigs, two of them 140s, there's your, there's your leader and your tail gunner, right? So, you, you kind of want to make sure that you've got a, a, good, a good way to recover on both directions as well. Right? Okay. So, so, you're also looking at capabilities right, all- recovery capabilities. Yeah, you need to. You also need to double check. You know the capability of the rig, but yeah. you also need to make sure that this isn't your first day in a built-out Jeep, right? There's there's some experience there. I know Jim has right. experience and Lace has experience, but there's a lot of people out there who has a big Jeep on forties and ain't never been off pavement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also try whenever like we're fixing to go to Arkansas this weekend, and if anybody doesn't have a uh, a winch on their jeep at least someone in front and behind them have one if that makes sense yeah, yeah sure where are their recovery points so it's yeah, so it's not really a newbie there. thing it's more of uh who's who is capable to handle the lead and the tail 
and in some cases uh, a mid, depending on the the number of uh, vehicles in in the the chain. Which brings us yeah. to our next question: Is how many is too many in a group? Eighteen. <laughs> how many do we have at the Texas event? <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I think that's why he said that eighteen. Was on top of the mountain, and I was at the bottom, and I didn't even know he was up there. That was I cool, wasn't it? A perfect <laughs> amount is somewhere between five and eight. I'm going to agree with that. Yeah, like, I, I would think that it's going to vary based on the trail. If it's a real easy, gentle trail without a lot of obstacles, there's no problem with 20. But if you're going to yeah. be tackling obstacles and stuff like that, where you, you're either going to need to get out of the spot or you're going to need to have some sort of um, overlanding over it kind of thing, then yeah. you, you need to make a much smaller group, right? So I don't think that it, there's like a perfect number. I think it's really going to depend on, you know, what are the capabilities that people have got? And what is the train I'm going to be going over? Are, are you like overlanding things, on a sightseeing tour, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's just a, 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 a trail road, a, a, a lumber uh, trail road, I mean, what's the big deal? But I guess what you're saying is you need the ability for the, the tail gunner to be able to see what's going on with folks. Uh, uh, and if, if it gets too long, like what happened with Jimmy, there was just no really way, no way to see everybody because everybody kind of got spread out and they were enjoying what they were doing in the front. And and some folks didn't hadn't been on the trail before, so they were busy looking at uh, what's going up to them and not watching uh, how close the person behind them was. So think, uh, we spread out. I, th- I think ten. I think ten would be the max. And I know uh, one of the the other interviews, Tony, you talked to Jeremy with New Holland Overland, been on a couple of his trips, and he keeps it to a tight ten. And he's turned people away, just even if it's trail riding and we've done some more intense stuff. 10 is 10 is the absolute max in a group to really keep them together and keep everybody moving at a, at a medium pace. Yeah. We've done something similar where we, if we have too many, we'll break them up and they'll leave an hour or two apart from each other. Um, some of the, some of the rock trails we have, if you, you know, if you don't stick to the three tries and winch or pull, and you know 30 minutes per rig and you got 10 rigs you know how long you're going to be on that one obstacle and if you got a, a long trail that can make a very very long day how would you suggest night. how would you suggest uh, getting people to adhere to that three tries and then winch rule i'm thinking taser uh you just drivers, taser. You don't give them an option <laughs> driver's meeting yeah driver's <laughs> meeting Oh, well, somebody's, somebody's gonna say oh this let me let me give it more try one more try uh you know that's gonna happen and then the one more time when the rig breaks. Yeah. Or they're not invited back. I mean, <laughs> there's, I mean, when you got, I think that when we're at a hidden falls, it's a park situation. You've got an opportunity to kind of split up and do a, kind of a, an, a harder group and a, and a kind of an entry kind of group in that situation. So That's you right. can kind of split up on the, the trails like Rubicon, like we're talking about, you know, the hour in the middle is, is probably a better better option but i think that goes back to kind of the placement of everybody if you are going to split up you, you still need to think about that leader tail gunner middle kind of situation where you know you can't put all the capable rigs going on the hard hard trails are going first you gotta right. you gotta have at least enough people to handle in both both groups and, and one other thing that drives me nuts when trailing is people like to bumper to bumper traffic do not do that you one rig apart while moving and then you wait till the person is down the hill or up the hill before no, you yeah. start. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you'll have a red YJ come flying in reverse <laughs> three miles an hour and you get the back up. 
<laughs> I just want to know if there's a video of Josh diving out of the way of that somewhere. There is. Yeah. It's in there Larry's video. You know, watch watch yeah. the end of Larry's video on YouTube. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Larry's video, you'll just see this, this Josh just shooting out behind a bush. Larry, uh, Larry, I, I ask of, you, yeah. I, I ask you this all the time. Tell us what your YouTube channel name is so people can find that. So, so YouTube channel is Jeeping Mo with J E P I N G M O, not M O M O. And uh, we just go all over the country. We try to go all over the country. We'll go to shows. We do fabrication work, and we try to keep it the stuff that normal people can do. That's that's kind of the whole premise of the YouTube channel. Yeah, he, did, a- he doesn't slam a box on the table when he opens something. <laughs> it's a- aside from him pulling out like a multi, his multimatic, and being like, "I use a multimatic." Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's try something new here. I mean, I I often ask what do you guys want to talk about, but let's let's do a little more democratic way. Uh, so if you, if you have any ideas about what we can talk about here to wrap up uh, the, this roundtable, uh, throw the ideas out there and let's uh, let's all decide which one we're going to talk about. W versus full length. What we talk about bumpers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get the bell out, Tony. Oh, if you want to do that, I'll uh, I'll uh, throw out the uh, steel versus uh, synthetic uh, winch line. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> or the, uh, the the triple shock stabilizers or what? Is, what oh, got to go quad. You got to keep it an even quad. number. <laughs> you know, if you go to medical and get the six pack, you can just cover it all. <laughs> Pay a bunch of money for it. So, so what are we going to talk about? So, in a driver's meeting, uh, what do you go over? I like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's do uh, that. Biggest rule is if you can't see the jeep behind you because not everybody's radios, you stop until you can see them. Because right. then it's the domino effect, and now all the way up the line, you know, the front's going to stop eventually when he realizes the jeep behind him is has stopped because they're waiting on the on the progression. Oh, has everyone been off-road before? <laughs> so this is yeah. kind of driver's meeting related. What do you do with people that don't have GMRS radios to communicate on while you're going down the trail to call for help or I'm stuck or I need I need assistance? What what do you do? Do you carry extra and hand it out to people? Or, uh, yeah, that's why they come yeah. in two packs, Tony. Yes, we're all one at them. <laughs> so this is Isaac in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And for my Jeep drives, I actually have the, was it Rivian? The Rivian pack? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like 15 bucks a piece. Well, I temporarily sell them to the people who need radios for 20 bucks. <laughs> and then when the drive's over, they can't and they find give me you. the radio back, I give them a $20 <laughs> bill back. And then if they keep the radio, I got 20 bucks to buy a new one. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> there you go. Use horns. So I'm going to try to make sure the next event that we go to, I have a a, a bushel of uh, GMRS handheld radios just just for that case because I think actually I think Guy didn't have a GMRS radio and it would have been really good for him to have one. No, he he, he, he had, had a Bofang, but yeah. he couldn't oh, program right. to the right channel. His 16 was not R16. Yeah, he had ham, I think. Yeah. The Bofeng was a, is, is a ham, more of a ham radio than anything else, but it'll it'll go many places. The Bofeng ham and the Bofeng handheld for GMRS are identical. <laughs> well, it's actually not yeah, legal. Maybe. It's actually not legal to use on GMRS. It's only legal to use on ham radio. 
because ham radio right. operators can use anything to talk on the talk on whatever band that they're licensed to be on. But uh, the for GMRS radios, you have to have one that's uh, FCC type accepted accepted for GMRS. Sounds weird, but that's the way it works. I think what Jimmy's saying is they do have a GMRS version that's certified that only works on GMRS, and it looks exactly the same. Is yeah, it? that's what I'm at. They aren't exactly the same. Oh, I they thought you look exactly I, the same. I thought yeah, you were I making a joke. They had both and accidentally grabbed the wrong one, and they're like, oh, all I have is ham because I couldn't grab my GMRS. Oh, I, I thought you were joking because they do look the same, but they'll, they'll work on both, both frequencies. All right. Well, anyway, back to the driver's meeting thing. Uh, Christopher, what, what, uh, what specifically about the driver's meeting were you uh, curious about? Uh, I don't know. It's just like, uh, what, like saying safety precautions, who has recovery, who has, you know, who's a newbie, like what are some other things you guys go over? Airing down. Yep. Who knows how to air down? Who has armor protection? You know, who has, uh, Recovery points, sliders. Where yeah, where's your recovery points, kind of thing. Disconnecting sway bars. And do you know the? Uh, do you know the area? Are you familiar with the trail? Have you ever run it before? Um, you know, what's your what's your confidence level? All that kind of stuff. Like I feel fairly confident leading Hidden Falls now. Several times I've been out there, um, but if I went to Wolf Caves or Barnwell, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable leading yes. that. You also got to make sure you know who has the recovery gear, right? If all the toe straps are in the front, the front three Jeeps and nothing in the back, that can be a problem. Yeah. Anybody have tools? You know, do we have, you know, out on there, we, there's a few things you know you're going to have to have or likely to have, right? So anybody, <laughs> have welder, anybody have a ratchet set? Anybody have, you know, those kind of things? You may not have a whole a welder, right? That's kind of unique to Larry showing up. Yeah. But, um <laughs> Just kind of general, if, if you do need some tools, do you know where they are? Do you know which, which person has them so you can call them out? I, I think another, another, another one for me is who's going to – who wants to take video or photos? I've been on rides before where you, people are – number one, where, when, when and where are we going to stop, especially if it's a long trail or you're, you're on an overland-type trip? When and where are we going to stop? You have a Gatorade bottle. Exactly. But but just, I mean, I've been on trips where you got a girlfriend or a wife or somebody taking photos or, or some or video or a, a GoPro camera holding everybody up, stopping halfway between. And if they want to do that, that's fine. Just understand the tail gunner and meet them, get their name because you're going to get in with them. And I had to happen to a buddy of mine was doing it. I, I asked him to do some video and some photos and he kept running back to my jeep and holding it up and i, I finally told him like, you got to get in with the last guy we're not going to leave you behind and it finally worked out but uh, in all seriousness i just you know that's great we appreciate the photos and the video if you're willing to share it but just understand you can't keep running back to your jeep like your boyfriend's jeep you meet bob at the end and, and bob should have an open seat and ride with him um, because I've, I've seen that just happen more than once in rides i've been with yeah, it, well, it's common things that p- people don't think of, especially when they're taking pictures. They're focusing on, pardon the pun, on taking the picture, not uh, the right. the enjoyment of everybody else. And I That's love how I got pictures. to know Chris so well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris was popping up all over the whole thing, wasn't he? <clears throat> oh, yeah. He did yeah. some phenomenal footage. 
Yeah, it it's was. fun watching a guy as big as Chris hop in the back and fit in the back seat of a JK. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's also schedule. I think that's another important one to to put on there, right? Make sure everybody kind of knows time wise where you want to be at a certain time and kind of understand the expectations. So if they were expecting to, you know, to be able to get back to a McDonald's for lunch, and you're like, no, we'll still be, you know, here with the number of people we have or whatever just understanding what the expected schedule for the day is going to be. I think that's important on the, on the driver's Yeah. Do you, do you guys, yeah, this kind of, do you guys, do you guys think it would be reasonable or possible to do uh, pre-filled forms, like maybe go online before the event and fill out a lot of this information, or would that be too much, uh, uh, too much to ask? That's a lot of logistics. That's a lot of information. That's a lot of information to collect in a driver driver's meeting. Is that that's kind of my concern? I mean, I've posted all of our, my information. I usually post it all up on Facebook on the events page for the event that I'm hosting, and then I get out there and I host my drivers meeting. And most of the people haven't read any of this stuff online, so not bashing any right. of my attendees if you're listening, but the, people just don't really read that stuff in advance. Do you have advertisements yeah, really, for the GMRS radios that you'll be uh, renting out for $20 in the, the same I, page? I have. I did last <laughs> year, yes. <laughs> but I told them I, I have a very small selection of them. You know, I've only got five, and I need one of them. So. Oh, I want the red one. <laughs> <laughs> They're all black. No, you want bright colors of those things. I, I think the meeting's got to be somewhat short because, like I said, we all talked about before the meeting that the GMRS where we got there and we saw that's the people that showed up at CBs and and no radios. So I think it really just <laughs> it needs to be short and sweet on how much experience each person has. You can kind of look at the rigs and see how equipped they are and just place the people accordingly and you know, if they're gonna make if they're gonna make stupid mistakes, they're gonna make the stupid mistakes either either way. Right. Just try to make yeah. a point to where if it gets too bad that you can recover them and or not hurt anybody else. Yeah, I think the only ahead of time information you need to provide uh, before a driver's meeting is time, place, communication source, and level of trails to be to be going gone through. Right. And, and next yeah, that's critical. Minimum minimum uh, capability on, on the rig. So I mean we didn't really do that at the Texas event, but I mean if you're if, if the plan is is to hit five level fives or whatever it is that day. And that's, that's what the trail group is going on. Probably not the, the day to show up in a stock gladiator with no rocker protection or anything else. Right. Um, but if you're doing like we were doing, then show up, we'll figure out what you've got. Cause the, I think one of the problems we have with our meeting that we had that day is, is we didn't really know which trails were going to go down. You know, we didn't have that kind of plan. So when I know what I was doing that day, I was going through my mind. Cause like, I know what, certain trails are and everything. And so I was trying to pick the ones that I thought were doable with all the ones that we had, you know, like you know, right. so you're trying to process the information of, you know, who has protection, who doesn't, you know, who's got experience, where are they all at right then and there during the meeting. That, that can be a little tough. So, yeah, I think it was you, uh, Andrew and I, and, and I forget uh, if Jimmy was involved in that or not, but actually uh, doing that uh, for the next time is actually, you know, get the map out, figure out what trails we're going to go on, and uh, or, and perhaps even have a alternate trail for 
uh, people that were not uh, set up uh, well enough to, to do the more harder trails. That way, everybody would have something that was more along the lines of their uh, their abilities and, and the abilities of their their rigs. So anyway, yeah, it'll be fun. I think a lot to, of it has to do with the event too. Yeah, I think it, depending the drivers' meeting has a lot to do. What you cover is what kind of event you're talking about. If you're talking like you're hitting falls where you have the Jeep talk show event, or you're doing out where I'm at, where we may post it on Facebook, get most of the information on Facebook, like bring a lunch, bring water, you know, et cetera. Um, everybody shows up. Yeah. Everybody shows up, you know, 30 minutes early, air down, uh, if we're closer to the trailhead and do all the preliminary stuff. And then you assess the vehicles that are there. We talked about doing a, you know, a pretty hefty trail and a, got a stock rig truck, like John said, we'll advise them that what they're looking at. And if they still insist on going, then we do our best to make sure they get out of there without, you know, too much damage or they find it, they get to a certain spot, they turn around and okay, somebody goes back with them. We don't let anybody travel alone. Right. Um, but covering, you know, covering the basic, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't have time or if you took the time to cover every little thing that you need to cover, you're going to have a three hour driver's meeting. And then <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I was thinking about the filling out the form. So uh, well, what I was thinking off. about was like we got through the main stuff. Think about when we went out with the No Boundaries crew. Um, they spent the first five minutes while everyone was rolling through the the entry area and talked over the radio and kind of gave people those that basic information while they rolled everyone through that area. Each trail, you're talking about the MB Trail Team Six the first time. Yes, right. Yes, MB was- Trail Team Six. And yeah. we were, while they were rolling out, all the, the the newbies that were with us, they were sitting there going and giving them the instruction that you 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 might get bogged down with in a in a in a trailhead meeting or or a, a driver's meeting, um, instead of waiting till everyone gets the obstacle and like repeating it over and over and over again. Right. I think that was that works good in a park, right? I think that's right. Like Tom was saying, it depends on the the trail you're you're running or the type of type Absolutely. of uh, event you're going to be doing because the park is. Totally different than running a long trail. Right? Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to wait until you're halfway down to the steps on Black Bear to tell everybody if you're afraid of heights. Don't, don't look, look back. left. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that'll be a good uh, a good opportunity to end a rather rousing conversation here on the roundtable. If you guys are listening to the uh, Jeep Talk Show roundtable for the first time, uh, this is uh, probably. Uh, new to you, we have uh, lots of people in here with great opinions and uh, a lot of information. Hopefully, uh, you've learned something from the uh, the episode tonight. And uh, we do this, uh, we record this every Tuesday, and we record uh, this uh, episode so we can release it on Wednesday. So every Wednesday, there's a new roundtable episode, and the questions are all different. Um, the uh, it, It's a great thing to listen to. You never know exactly what you're going to learn or uh, not learn uh, or where to get uh, a cheap uh, GMRS radio if you go to the right place. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody for being here tonight. And uh, please uh, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, and if you uh, are considering being a paid subscriber, we'd appreciate it if you go over there to the same place and uh, become a paid subscriber and uh, help the show do more uh, events that you might be able to attend uh, with us. So have a great night, and uh, if you don't already know, the uh, the Zoom people, we're going to continue the conversation even after the recording, and if you were in the Zoom meeting, you could be part of that. So please join us. Podcasting since 2010. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.